a video that we showed a number of years ago uh, with regards to uh, the Word of God. We've been looking at these little commands at the end of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and um, we're going to look at just another brief one here tonight as we look all your attention to 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse number 20. 1 Thessalonians 5, some of these commands are just chock full of conviction. When you think about rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, quench not the spirit, and now verse 20, despise not prophesying. John Wanamaker was one of the greatest retailers of all time. Many of you are familiar with Wanamaker Department Store. By the way, are, are some of you warm in here? I feel a little warm. Brother Fajoli, can we? You took care of it? You took care of it. All right. And you gave everybody a fan? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. You think we're good there, Richard? Uh-oh. You're going to try the bag. It was working. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I think anything. You know you the Midas touch? I've got the opposite. Whatever I touch just falls apart. <laughs> That's what happened with the video. In any event, uh, Wanamaker was a great retailer, obviously was successful, had, had, um, had uh, money. And he made this comment. Um, he, when he was 11, he purchased a small red leather Bible for $2.75. He paid for it in small installments. And later he said this of the purchase, I have made large purchases of property in my time involving millions of dollars, but it was as a boy that I made my greatest purchase. That little red book was the foundation on which my life has been built and has made possible all that has counted in my life. I know now that it was the greatest investment and the most important purchase I ever made. One of the greatest privileges that we have is to own a Bible, and many of us own multiple Bibles, and to hear the Bible preached on a regular basis in, a, in our free country. Sometimes we take it for granted. And I want to encourage us tonight when it comes to this matter, really, of the Word of God and listening to the Word of God and allowing the Word of God to do its work in our lives. I want to challenge us to, to be receptive the Apostle Paul, through the inspiration of the Spirit of God, tells his church to despise not prophesying. The word despise means to treat with contempt, to treat as worthless. Unless we think, well, I would never treat it as worthless. If it doesn't do anything in your life, if you're not reading it, if you're not allowing it to change you, then in essence it kind of is somewhat worthless. Prophesying has to do with declaration of the mind, will, or knowledge of God. I've been a preacher now for over 30 years. It's hard to believe. Can you believe that, honey? I'm telling you, I'm getting old. I have seen, I don't want to say I've seen it all because next week I'll see something different, right? I've seen people talk during preaching, laugh during preaching, get mad during preaching. I've seen people leave, walk out during preaching. I've seen people ignore preaching. I've see, seen people sleep during preaching. Some of you are guilty. You're laughing. <laughs> I'm meddling. I've seen people mock preaching. I remember preaching at the prison to the men. And uh, there's a group of them over there that just started mocking. 
and uh, I just had to just keep on preaching away. And that can be intimidating, of course, but we have to rest in the Word of God and that the Word of God will do its work. I've seen people take preaching and uh, the Bible for granted. You know, it's a privilege for us to hear the Word of God. I've also thankfully seen the Word of God change people's lives. And uh, God will change our lives if we'll allow His Word to do His its work in our lives. And so I, I had a number of different directions here to go uh, tonight, and I decided to go with the, the very basic direction, all right? We could talk about inspiration and preservation. In the Word of God, God gives us pictures of the Word of God and what it does for us. And so what I want to do tonight is I just want to look at some of the pictures the Bible paints concerning the Bible. Maybe then it will stick with us as we go about life and do what we do. All right, so let's go to the, the Jane. We're going to do some work tonight. All right, we're going to do some work for about 15 minutes. And then I'm going to show you a video that I showed a number of years ago that is really impactful if you let it impact you. Okay. And, uh, and then we'll have the Lord's Supper, and then we'll eat Mike and Ike's and hope we don't get cavities, all right? James chapter number 1 is where we're going to go first. And I want us to see why is this command important? Why is it important for us to allow the Word of God to do its work, to not take it lightly, to not treat it lightly, and really to not treat even the preaching of the Word of God lightly? Uh, number one, when we look at the Word of God, God's Word kind of describes itself as a mirror, how many of you have looked in the mirror today? Yeah, some of you I can tell you haven't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right? So every day we look in a mirror, okay? The Bible tells us in James chapter number 1 and verse number 23, For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he is. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. John seventeen seventeen says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Listen, we don't have to question or worry. We have the truth of the word of God. And when we allow the truth of the word of God to be that glass, to be that mirror, it's going to show us who we are. How many of you have ever looked in the mirror and have said, I don't like what I see? Right? Now, hopefully, when you looked in the mirror and you said, I don't like what I see, you tried to make some changes, right? You tried to improve on what you saw. And some people say, there's no improving in this. In this, I, The reality is this. The smart individual will look in the mirror and think, oh, my hair's out of place or whatever. I got a, a poppy seed in my tooth or, or whatever. My, my, my head's bleeding and make changes. Okay. It cuts yourself. Your head will be bleeding. Your face will be bleeding. <laughs> but the reality is when we go to the word of God, we all have the same attitude. Sometimes we go to the Word of God and we say, yeah, but that's not for me. Or, yeah, but that... We ought to approach the Word of God 
with the attitude of, Lord, show me. And by the way, it would be painful. The, the, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. I, the Lord, the Bible says, search the heart. As we look into the mirror of the word of God, God is going to show us areas in our life that need to change. The great thing about it is God, the Holy Spirit, indwells us. And he will change us through the word of God if we will allow him. How many of you ever know people, junior high boys are famous for this, you know. They look in the mirror, ah, they just, you know what I'm saying? I mean, they, they don't fix anything, right? Some people look at the word of God the same way. They get up, they read their Bible. I remember when I was a young person, a teenager, growing up, reading the Bible. My dad and mom, you got to read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. I checked the box, read the Bible. But there were times in my life when I was just looking at words on a page and didn't allow the words on the page to expose my heart and to bring about change. The mirror, the word of God exposes. Go to Ephesians chapter number 5. Ephesians chapter number 5. And we'll look at another verse here. And I'm not sure how I'm going to get through this in 15 minutes. Maybe we'll go 16 minutes. How about that? Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse number 26. The Bible says this. Let's back up. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Psalm 119 says, by taking heed thereto according to thy word, right? With my whole heart have I sought thee, oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. How many of you uh, use water on a regular basis, right? And of course, obviously we drink water. But the aspect here is the washing of the water. You know, when you're younger, you come in the house, your mom says what? Do you wash your hands? By the way, my wife still asks me that question if, if, and only if, I am helping to cook in the kitchen. Did you wash your hands before you? I always say yes. <laughs> if you're in the middle of it, you know what I mean? Sometimes, did I wash my, I don't remember, right? Then you got to throw all that food away. I try to wash my hands, right? But the washing of the water. Hey, the word of God is cleansing, right? We, we look at the washing of the water. Of, you say, I, I got a lot of problems. We all have a lot of problems. What's going to help us? This book. I, uh, years ago, was helping a guy that, was, um, that had some challenges in, in his viewing. And uh, he had some challenges in his viewing, and he knew he was looking at the wrong thing, shouldn't have been looking at it, and uh, got himself, uh, really, his wife found out, and it was, it was not a good situation. But you know what that guy did? He got a, a resolve in his heart to say, I'm going to get victory. And that guy began listening to the Bible as much as he possibly could. He had a commute to work, commute home. He listened to the word of God over and over. And you know what? God gave him victory in his life. His mind was cleansed by the word of God. And we think about that. The water of the word cleanses us. We don't have to stay defeated. We don't have to. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 
And we'll look at verse number 2. The Word of God, the Bible describes it here as milk and meat. And we see not only exposes, it cleanses, it grows us. It should grow us into, uh, to be conformed in the image of Jesus Christ. First Corinthians 3 and verse 2, Paul says concerning the church at, at Corinth, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hereto, hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. The idea is I'm giving you the milk, and you should be able to have the meat of the word. You should grow beyond. By the way, we all ought to, we all ought to grow beyond uh, just reading one verse in the morning. If, uh, if, uh, if, uh, if you're just reading one verse, ask the Lord, can I read two verses? Can I read a chapter? Right? Can I try to think about it, meditate, and, 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 and grow more? Uh, Hebrews chapter number 5 and verse 12, For when the time... Ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that uses milk is unsuccessful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. How many of you, uh, I shouldn't ask because somebody might raise their hand, that'd be embarrassing. Let's see how many of you still eat baby food. Tim? I have to admit, you know, when Raylan was eating some of that, some of it was nasty, you know, what is it, squash or something, you know? But, boy, some of it, you know, the stuff that looked like pudding, you, you even want to try a little bit of it, you know. If we, tonight, if we had an after-church fellowship and we're going to serve baby food, Tim's excited. <laughs> you know, the reality is, if we're going to stay serve steaks and potatoes, hey, we're we're about it. You see, we ought to, as we think concerning milk and meat, we ought to be thinking about our own spiritual growth and where are we spiritually. Uh, look at Psalm 119. Psalm 119. I'm going to skip some of these. Psalm 119, 105. You ever need to know what to do in life? You say, man, I need to know every day. Look at this. Look at this. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God guides us. It's not just right here. It's right there as well. You see, God will guide us through his word. He'll show us what's right and what's wrong. You see, the issue isn't with the Word of God. The issue is with us and our heart. I said this morning, some of the reason why it's so challenging for us to understand the will of the Lord is because we're not surrendered to do it. God's not up in heaven playing hide and seek. I'm going to try to make it as hard as I can. God wants to show us His will. As a matter of fact, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And you think about that aspect of the guiding Factor. Let me give you a couple to write down on your own, and then I want to park for just a minute on a couple more. Uh, Psalm 19, more to be desired are they than gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. The aspect of God blessing. Psalm 1, uh, being a tree planted by the rivers of water. Uh, Hebrews 6, we can turn there. Hebrews 6, and then we'll look at Hebrews 4. Hebrews 6, we got this aspect of of an anchor, the word of God comforts and, and brings us a stability 
uh, Hebrews 6 and verse number 19, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entereth in that within the veil. Uh, Romans uh, Psalm 119 talks about the comforting aspect in Romans 15. You know, the songwriter said this, I'm standing on the promises of God. You know, sometimes all we have is the promises to stand on. But that's a whole lot. The anchor of our soul. Go to Hebrews 4. I want to show you two other passages. Hebrews 4. The Word of God describes itself as a sword. Verse 12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God is like a sword that pierces. Look at Isaiah. Oh, I don't have the reference, but I'm going to find it. Isaiah, I think it's in Isaiah 55. If I can't find it, I'm going to just quote it anyway. Isaiah, where's Isaiah in my Bible? Isaiah 55 and and verse, all right, verse number 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Jeremiah 23, the scripture refers to itself this was, this was one of my favorite verses as a youth pastor. Jeremiah 23, 29. All right, here it is. Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh a rock in pieces? When you think concerning the sword piercing and dividing asunder, when you think concerning a hammer, do you know there's people that have hard hearts? When I was a, a, a kid growing up, my mom and dad made sure that we paid attention in church. I remember one time I wore a winter coat, onion and winter coats go after the service. I said, what do you have that coat on for? I don't know. You don't wear that coat ever again. You got to listen. Uh, I, anytime we fooled around in church, it was a big deal. I think it was a big deal because my parents recognized that the only thing that's going to change me <laughs> is the preaching of the word of God. As a youth pastor, I take kids to camp. I try to get kids. By the way, parents, let me tell you this. Get your kids as much as you can under the preaching of the Word of God. When my kids were still at home, we would drive. We drove to York, Pennsylvania. We first moved here. We drove. We heard about a youth drive. Well, I hauled all the kids to York, Pennsylvania. <laughs> it was kind of sad one time because we got there to this youth rally. We were having revival meetings with Rick Flanders. We went on a Friday. We just went down there to hear Kenny Baldwin preach. And we went down, we heard him preach. In the afternoon, there was a tournament, and there was a flag football tournament. And my boys all got in. And Brother Reynolds, we were winning. And we couldn't finish, because Big Dad said, we got to go back to church. Rick Flanders is going to be there. I can't, like, hey, we're in the middle of a football. And my kids had to say to their teammates, sorry, we got to leave. Anytime you can get under the preaching of the Word of God, it's a help to us. You know, you can listen to podcasts and you can listen to all kinds of stuff. 
But I tell you this, the more you get into the Word of God, into your mind and heart, the more it's going to do its work. It's that hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. And I'm convinced that my parents were like, well, these kids need help. And so we can't change them, but God can, and we're going to get them, and we're going to get them to listen to the preaching of the Word of God. That's why we take these young people all the way, you see, all the way to Lexington, Kentucky in March. They hear, I don't know, 20 messages or something. What are we praying? We're praying that God would use the Word of God to change their lives. You see, the preaching of the Word of God, reading the Word of God, allowing God's Word to change us. You can't get enough of the Word of God. By the way, it's important that we meditate day and night. When you spend time with the Lord, take enough time to think about what you're reading and to ask God, Lord, would you speak to my heart? Would you change me? Somebody ought to be able to ask you right now, what did God give you, Tim, this morning in your devotions? And you ought to be saying, you know what? God gave me this verse. God gave me this thought. You see, that's what it's about. It's about the God speaking to us through his word. But sometimes we get complacent. Sometimes we've been saved a long time. And sometimes, I've told you this so many times, when I first went into the ministry, I thought every Christian read their Bible every day. And there are times, there are days when will allow the time to go by and haven't read our Bible. By the way, I think it's important for, for young people to be held accountable for reading their Bible. We had family devotions. My dad would ask us, do you read your Bible? I read it sometimes because I didn't want to say no. <laughs> he could always tell who did and didn't. The people that hesitate. Did you read your Bible today? You didn't, did you? I'm going to read it tomorrow. Or I, <laughs> some of my siblings, <laughs> I probably use this excuse too. Some of them were smart, you know. Well, I'm planning to read it before I go to bed. <laughs> oh, there's a good spiritual answer. Let me read you a poem, and I want to show you a video. Though the cover is worn and the pages are torn, though places bear traces of tears, yet more precious than gold is this book, worn and old, that can shatter and scatter my fears. This old book is my guide. Tis a friend by my side. It will lighten and brighten my way. And each promise I find smooths and gladdens the mind, as I read it and heed it each day. When I prayerfully look in the precious old book, many treasures and pleasures I see, many promises of love from the Father above, who is nearest and dearest to me. To this book I will cling. Of its worth I will sing. Though great losses and crosses be mine, for I cannot despair, though surrounded by care, while possessing this blessing divine. A number of years ago, we received a video from Ken Fielder, who does Bible translation work. And I don't know about you, but I've grown up really with Bibles, all lots of different Bibles, Christmas and this. Can you imagine not having a Bible in your own language? I think sometimes it's hard for us to think how Many people groups think without a Bible. I watched this video. Oh, are we good? We're not good? We're going to get it? What are we doing? Come on up here. 